Now I am joined up here with my team tonight. I'm very excited. Many of you have gotten to know our team and who they are. I'm going to introduce them in case you don't know who they are. On my left in the red shirt, as he loves wearing red. I don't know why, but he loves wearing red. I always wear red, apparently. Always wear red. This is Jacob Simmons. Jacob serves as our college director. He has been on staff with us almost a year now, coming up on a year this fall. And uh, we are so grateful he's on the team with us. Next to him is Jasmine Duguid. Jasmine started about a month ago, right? About a month ago. And so she's been on our team. She's been getting used to what it looks like to join the View family. And we, we've been excited to have her with us. And then on the very end down there, the goofy looking one, that's Dakota Tucker. <laughs> he is our college guy's MA. He's on staff with us. We love Dakota. He's coming up on a year as well. And uh, so we're excited to have this team. Now, before we jump in our panel tonight, because we are going to continue through Philippians, I want you to have a chance to get to know them a little bit more. And I want to put them on the spot and ask them a couple questions so that you can hear from them. Now, Jacob, the thing you got to know about Jacob, the first time I met Jacob, this man walked in with boots and practically had spurs on, okay? <laughs> Listen, this guy is country, all right? He's got a red neck back here, all right? He is country. I'm not hating on it. I'm not, not hating on it. It's not that red. No, look at it up close. Look. <laughs> I think my face is the same color as my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob loves fishing. He loves hunting. He loves all that kind of stuff. Jacob, tell us this, man. Let me ask you a question. Tell us this. What is the most country thing you've ever done? I've ever done. <laughs> I was thinking about this one, man. I, I would say that the most country thing I've ever done, I do love to hunt. I love to fish. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that frog gigging. <laughs> If anyone knows what that is out there, I'm, not, I'm kind of a, ashamed of it, but I actually tried to catch frogs myself. Yeah, that's, you, you, have, the, you have this like thing that stabs at, yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy. Of, I'm not, I went with a buddy, so I've never done it much, but. So frog, frog gigging. Frog gigging? Frog gigging, Frog gigging? Boy, <laughs> boy I'm like, yeah, so um, you, you stab frogs? You stab at them, yeah. With like this. <laughs> Ain't got nothing better uh, else to do on a weekend. <laughs> that, that's what you do. When there's nothing else to do, there's no movie theater, you just. Nah, I ain't hating on it. I like it. You just do that. Okay, that's pretty good. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Now, Jasmine, what's crazy about Jasmine, Jasmine's got a lot of hidden talent. She was on the swim team. We talked about that in college a few weeks ago. She was on the swim team. But, Jasmine, you got some other gifts and some hobbies you love. Tell us one that you would love to share with us. Well, I know I said, I was going to say one, I will say this, but uh, I really do like to fish, like a lot. <laughs> and so, uh, Jacob. Okay. Jacob helped me feel a little more yeah. Yeah, confident about that. I love I've to been fish. fishing once. Yes. Didn't go well. We'll fix that. Didn't go well. <laughs> I love to fish, but um, more importantly, I love playing music, and I can play the electric guitar, and I like to do that in my spare time. Ah, that's awesome, Jasmine. That's awesome. And uh, Dakota. Dakota, last summer, had a busy summer. Yeah, Mr. World Traveler is what we called him around Bellevue. He, Dakota, you went to a lot of places last summer, a lot of cooler places than I have been. Where all did you go last summer? Yeah, so last summer I had a really busy summer. I was in, in and out of airports. Um, the first country I got to was uh, last May. I got to go to Rome with the study abroad trip through Southwest, and that was incredible. And then in June we had our college mission trip, so I got to go to Honduras with the college team. Mm -hmm. And then I got to cap it off in August, and I was in Israel for two weeks for another Ooh. mission trip. And that was an experience like no other for sure. And you got baptized. Yes, I got baptized where Jesus also got baptized, and that was a super cool moment that I'll remember for the rest of my life. That's amazing. Seems a little unfair. Dakota gets to talk about his baptism <laughs> well, in I talk Israel. About frog gigging. <laughs> and Jacob talks about frog gigging. Seems a little unfair. We'll get to some spiritual stuff about Jacob. <laughs> but, hey, I love these people, and uh, I love them dearly. 
And tonight we wanted to walk through Philippians. We want to keep going through scripture tonight. But I wanted you to hear from them on some of the stuff that they've been learning from Philippians chapter 1. Now to recap a little bit for you as to where we've been the last uh, three weeks, I believe. I think we've done three on Philippians so far. The very beginning, we saw who's Paul is, who Paul is thinking about as he writes to Philippi. We talked about how he led Lydia to the Lord, he led the slave girl to the Lord, and he led the jailer to the Lord in Philippi. Now, those are three people that Paul cared about. Uh, he loved, he, he built these people up, he encouraged these people, he exhorted these people. And these are probably the people that he was thinking about when he said famous verses like, to live as Christ, to die as gain. Uh, you don't have to worry, Lydia, about your sanctification. Jesus will continue to mold you. And, and we saw how those three people have a big impact on the Philippians verses we're studying. Uh, last week we talked about comparison and celebration and how we're supposed to celebrate others. And we're going to dig into the last three weeks a little bit as we keep going forward tonight. Now in uh, Philippians uh, as we keep working through, we're going to work through verses 12 to 19 tonight. And we're going to start off with verses 12 to 14. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and go to Philippians chapter 1. And look with me as we work through these verses together tonight. Uh, starting in verse 12. Paul is speaking here. Starting in verse 12. Paul says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters. Now let's pause right there. Remember last week. We just came off of Paul encouraging them that he was praying for them. Encouraging them that he was praying for their love, their knowledge, their discernment. But he's not just praying for them. Paul is facing persecution. And what we see here is he is encouraging them now. Look at what he's saying. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. Most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord for my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly. Don't you want to be a Christ follower that speaks the word fearlessly? Let me pray for us, and we're going to jump into our panel tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the testimony of Hannah Taylor a few minutes ago. And how encouraging it is that she just got saved back in August and now she is digging deep into your word, growing, learning, Father. We thank you that you are moving in the hearts and the minds of the college students here in Memphis and across the world. And Father, we do pray tonight that you would be glorified by what we say, Father, that you would be honored by what we say. Father, I pray for my team that as we dissect your word, as we try to pick it apart and try to understand it with our minds, that you would give us your Holy Spirit that helps open our mind to your word. Father, I pray for everyone watching tonight through the camera that you would encourage, that you would convict, that you would save tonight. Father, I pray for the person who's watching alone right now. I pray for the person who feels so lonely right now. For the person who doesn't feel like they got real friends around them. The person who feels like their family doesn't have their best interests at heart. Their family is broken. Father, I pray for that lonely, hurting person that right now it would be you and your spirit that would comfort and be with them. Lord, we love you and we need you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So starting off in these verses 12 to 14, Jacob, take us through a little bit of what you see Paul really saying here to the Philippians. Yeah, I think it's incredible how, you know, after you talked about he was praying for them and then to go right into um, him being in prison. So verse 12, he shows us that he was writing this letter from prison in his imprisonment. And he said that his imprisonment actually was advancing the gospel. I mean, how, how crazy of an idea was that? That he was literally traveling, traveling the world 
um, sharing Jesus, mm-hmm. <laughs> planting churches, doing all this. Uh, and he says that him being in prison was advancing the gospel. Mm-hmm. He goes on in, chapter, or in verse 14 to say, Most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord by my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly. Mm-hmm. So this was actually allowing them to speak more fearlessly and preach the gospel fear- fearlessly. Mm-hmm. They saw that Paul's joy in the midst of his trials was actually what drove them to want to do it themselves. Yeah. Like Paul had trials. Uh, he's obviously in prison. I would say that's a bit of a trial. Yeah. Um, but he even considered it joy to see the gospel go forth with his brothers and sisters that are in Philippi yeah. that he's writing to. Um, wow. And it always makes me think of James chapter 1 uh, when he says, um, you know, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face various trials because the testing of your faith will produce endurance. Um, he found joy in the faith in the Lord and the advancement of the gospel. That was it. And they mm-hmm. saw that. They saw that he wanted to advance the gospel and to see his kingdom grow. And so that's what he was about, mm-hmm. um, which is in, an incredible thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually, it, it also makes me kind of convicted myself. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, he's in prison. He's, um, he's not thinking about himself at all in this moment. And so, so many times, how many times am I self-centered? How many times... Do, do I actually have that contagious attitude that will draw people with me yeah. um, to let people um, come yeah. alongside me and share the gospel and, and not celebrate others rather than just thinking about myself? That's it. Um, mm-hmm. Am I willing to suffer for the advancement of the gospel? Mm-hmm. I mean, am I willing to actually uh, die to myself like Jesus said to do? Am I willing to die to myself um, to see people come to know Christ. And 2 Timothy talks a little bit about that. Um, It says, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffered hardship, even to imprisonment as a criminal, but the word of God is not imprisoned. (laughs) So he's writing that to Timothy, encouraging him, like the word of God will never be imprisoned. The word of God cannot be contained. Um, And so if we're able to rejoice in Jesus Christ while suffering, that's the true joy. That's what's worth following. And I think that's what these people were trying to see um, in the midst of this. And, you know, I thought about even last week, we had Zach on here. Dakota interviewed Zach last week about, you know, he, he spent 52 weeks of sharing the gospel and of literally giving himself all out uh, for the sake of the gospel. And he celebrated others well. Do I really do that? Do I actually have the attitude of serving others well? And it also made me think of my days of playing ball. It's like <laughs> I was never the most coordinated, athletic I could play defense and, and, and get around on the, dif- the defensive side of the court. But but you're a lefty. Yeah, but I'm a lefty. You, so got, I, that, you got that left-handed I shot. I got the lefty hook, You got man. that left-handed I shot. I got the lefty hook. I would always Uh-oh. fake right and then drive left. Uh-oh. That was my only move I had. <laughs> <laughs> and then once they figured out I was a lefty, that was done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's but, Dakota's but game. <laughs> in, a, in a basketball scenario, we, we all have to realize our roles. We all have to know where we're coming from. Uh, we all have to know um, what role we play. And so I was thinking about ball in that way and just how I knew my role was defense. My role was not to play offense. And so I celebrated those who scored. And, yeah. um, and, I, and I hope that I had the same mentality with this. Um, our ultimate joy should be in the advancement of the gospel. Yeah, it's hard because the devil starts whispering in your ear that your circumstances are going to keep God from doing what God's going to do when our circumstances could never lord over God. Exactly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Oh, man, I could listen to you talk on this all day because it is something that I struggle with, too, and mm-hmm. I, I'm convicted all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know from last 
the last live stream we did, I was thinking, man, comparison versus celebration. Like, when do I genuinely celebrate people when I have nothing to do with it? Yeah. Um, and it really led me this week to be meditating on this particular. It's actually Philippians 2, so I know we'll, we'll get to that eventually. Um, but it is Paul talking still. And he, in verse uh, 17, says, even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice um, and service coming from your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with all of you. And I ask that you too be glad and rejoice with me. Um, and I've been telling, I can't say how many people I've told recently, just to me, I'm a visual learner, like, and just the imagery of someone being poured out like a drink sacrifice until there's nothing left on behalf of someone else. I can't remember the last time I did that for myself, like, let alone for someone else. And that is what Christ has done for us. And I think Jacob just explained that so well, um, in that knowing our roles and being able to fully be able to do that with everything we have and still knowing that God fills us up enough to pour out for other people in that same way. I just, that's amazing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even to go off of that, you know, I love James 1, Jacob, you know, pulling from that. You know, it's just so applicable. The whole book of James is applicable. But that just the beginning part of that verse, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. You pointed out something that challenged me and convicted me from Scripture. You said Paul's example of faith in the midst of trial showed others that they could do the same. You know, applying that to all of our personal lives, you know. When we are in trials and when things go our way, how do we respond to them? Because people watch us, and especially when we claim Christianity, when we claim to follow Jesus, not only do they watch how we respond, they remember how we respond as well. Um, And that's just super challenging to me and convicting to me because, you know, it's one of my favorite verses, but a lot of times do I live that out and it's finding joy in the actual trials. So that that was awesome, Jacob. Yeah, and, you know, the thing about college is college is always going to be up and down. You're going to have trials. You're going to have friendships go bad. You're going to have people betray your trust. That's college. It's always up and down. There's trials you go through. You have to, as a college student, and this is where I struggle, but you have to put both feet on the foundation of Jesus. If you got one foot on the foundation and one foot off, you're still going to slip when the foundation starts moving. (laughs) All right, because you got one foot that's unstable. When you put two feet on Jesus through no matter what trial you face or, or what hardship you're going through, you don't slip. Everything else around you may slip, but you stay constant, and you're right here when life is going high and low. You've got to be able to find that balance in the trials, and it's so hard. It's so hard because, once again, the devil gets in your ear, and he starts whispering, saying, oh, no, 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 you don't have to stand on Jesus. You can stand on your social media presence. (laughs) You know, you can stand on your image to other people. You can stand on X, Y, and Z, but they'll all slip when the world slips. So that's really good stuff. Hey, as we keep going, Paul, look at uh, verse 15. Paul keeps going in here in verse 15. I'm sorry, I can't talk. Verse 15, he says, To be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. He's, he's transitioning here. He says, These preach out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The others, though, some people, proclaim Christ, look at this, out of selfish ambition, not sincerely thinking that they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. So Jasmine, he's making a shift here. He's transitioned a little bit of what he's saying. What do you see Paul communicating here? Yeah, um, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I really hear him talking about the difference um, between preaching and sharing the gospel from a position of just pride. And I, I wrote down, and when I'm taking notes on this, self-promotion, like self-elevation, whatever you want to call it, selfishness, all of those words, um, in comparison to doing it from a spirit of just, you know, true worship of the Lord and the desire to see other people get what we've received, which is nothing that we've gotten on our own, um, and doing it. um, And I think that perspective is holy, it's pure, it's righteous, all the 
characteristics of God, honestly. So that to me is, I think, what Paul's beginning to say. Um, but just to elaborate on that a little bit more, I think that on, on the first side, so on the bad side, Paul's explaining how people often try to witness or do whatever they do in the name of the Lord mm-hmm. to others um, because they, wa- they want to look good. They, they think, talk about roles. Like they're like, this is my role. This is what I need to do because people need to see me doing this. Mm-hmm see me doing this, obviously. Um, and I said that this features really a spirit of idol worship um, and self-worship. Oh, yeah. And I, I genuinely think that um, any type of idol worship, even if it's worship of yourself, is it's evil and it's yeah. so wrong. And I think it, it, it basically is anything other than complete focus on Christ mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. So it's not even halfway. It's not even like, oh, it has to be all the way one or the other. If there's anything in it that I'm doing it for to be like, Oh, look at her go. That's taking away yeah. from the message of the cross. Um, and so that, obviously, that's verse 15. And so a reference that I found is um, that's similar is 1 Corinthians one seventeen. It says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Um, and I really don't think that, I don't think that we should ever let our efforts to self-elevate attempt to take precedent over our our explanation, our description yep. of the power of the cross. Um, mm. And I, I didn't write this down, but I just feel the Spirit saying, like, we can try. We are not going to. <laughs> the cross will never, we will never outshine the cross, but we will be hurt in trying. Um, I've been hurt in trying. Um, and so, yeah, and so on the flip side of that, I think there's many true believers out there that genuinely, Paul is mm-hmm. an example. He's one of them that genuinely, he's sitting there in prison, and all he can think about is, how can I get the message of what I believe and what I know to be to be heard? Yeah. Um, and so I said, think of people preaching and teaching the gospel out of love from a position of belief and trust in Paul and his message that Jesus is giving him. So I think, like, obviously this is the view. We love to listen to Daniel. He's an incredible preacher. We need to trust and believe that what Daniel is telling us it, impacts us because Daniel is hearing from the Lord. Um, so we need to trust Daniel, but ultimately we need to trust the God that is giving him these words. Um, and he's, Daniel's doing this. Paul was doing this because they're overwhelmed and convicted about the privilege and the joy that it is to know the Lord. They're, yeah. You're doing this. We're all doing this because we don't deserve this, but because we want y'all to live in that and to know it too. Mm. Um, and so what I really do want to finish off with is the spirit that I'm striving to carry, that Daniel carries, that Paul carries. Um, is one of true, and this is supernatural. This is not our love. This is Christ's love. Um, and this comes from the Lord through the person witnessing into the other person. There is no part of this that is self-generated. Um, there's no part of this that is coming from, like, me. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want that, but emotions change. The Lord's love never changes. So if I open myself up, if we open ourselves up as yeah. vessels, it comes from the Lord through us into the other person. Um, so we will never run dry because it's not... It's not our well to start off with. It's the Lord's, you know? So he's not going to give up. And so um, a reference for that is John 15, 12. And the Lord says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Um, and so that just says it. This is, this is Christ's love. So we're not called to, be, to love the way we love. We're loving the way Christ loves us, which is endlessly and purely. Um, and so my final challenge to myself and to y'all is use the love that he's poured out on you. Use that. Um, and if you don't know it, what do you need to do to find it? Like, listen, listen to Dan, read the Bible, find that love. It's there. Um, it's being offered freely. But once you have it, let it go through you. And it's, it, it will never be the same. It's the most beautiful way to live. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you said something. You said we can never 
outshine the cross. Never. Anyway, we can never build a kingdom. We can never build anything in this world that's better than God's kingdom. We can't do it. And it is so, this is what, you, this is what I thought about when you were talking. It is so freeing when you let go of your yeah. gain and your kingdom yeah. and your name and your, all these things we set up. We got all yeah. these dreams and all these visions and all these hopes that we want to get to. And they're not necessarily bad, but when we place them above God, that's when they become bad. Yeah. But it's so freeing when you let go. Even in college, I know you feel like you got to figure out your career like right now. <laughs> and you got to figure out everything right now. And you got to build this life. But let me tell you something. Uh, these three will testify. If you will let go and give everything to Jesus Christ and say, whatever he has, I'm a blank check. I'll just go wherever he tells me to go. I'll do whatever he tells me to do. Is it not the most freeing thing you could ever experience in the world? It is so, so freeing because it's a supernatural peace. You know, when you're living on your name, and trying to accomplish things based off of you. I was thinking about this. That's a, that's a natural peace. That's a worldly peace. It's going to come and go. Yep. But a supernatural peace stays with you because it's from Christ. Absolutely. And I would just even add to that. Um, a lot of times in ministry especially, we see ourselves elevating ourselves above the cross, above the work of the cross. And I love that reference that you said there. Um, but in elevating ourselves, I oftentimes um, miss the point of actually being submissive and under the authority of Christ himself. Yeah. And so a couple of ways that we can elevate Jesus, as I was just I was thinking as you were talking, is to elevate ourselves by humbling, or elevating Jesus by humbling ourselves in prayer. Mm -hmm. um, so number one is prayer, and then number two, I would just say put others before yourself. Like when he's talking here, these people are gospel sharing based off of yeah. others, yeah. right? And, yeah. and, and they're comparing themselves to others. Like he's saying, you know, one group is looking at Paul and saying, you know, I can outdo him now. He's in prison. Yeah. And the other group is saying, I'm going to come alongside Paul and do this for the sake of the cross yeah. and for the sake of the other people, not to get at somebody, this or that. So I was just thinking, like, I need to humble myself in prayer, but then also um, elevate Jesus by putting others before myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Isn't it crazy how much Paul is thinking about other people? Others, yeah. I mean, you realize this dude's in jail. <laughs> You realize he is in prison and he's thinking about how he can serve and pray for other people. Like, I'll be in the same room with people and struggle with how to serve and pray for them and care for them. He's in a jail cell and he's thinking about how to love and serve and pray for other people. We struggle, like, in church trying to do that a lot of times, you know. It's amazing and it's because of what you said, Jacob. He, he has the Holy Spirit living through him. And the Holy Spirit is guiding him in this jail cell to pray and care and love. That's amazing, isn't it? That's absolutely amazing to think about others and not just yourself. You know, with my wife sometimes, I just want to watch on Netflix whatever I want to watch. I don't care what she wants to watch. That's the most selfish thing in the world. Can I tell you that? <laughs> I had to get to a point where I was like, man, all I care about is what I want to watch. I don't even care what she wants to watch. Then I read this, and I'm like, man, Paul's a different dude. <laughs> like, he just cared about other people so much. So, Cody, what you want to add to that? Absolutely. I love how Jasmine responds, and she tells about the difference between two people. We have the person, when they share Jesus, they're promoting self versus the person, when they share Jesus, they're promoting the cross, and they want the cross to outshine them. And I think that's so important because just like we talked about as Christians, we're supposed to act different in trials. You know, when we share Jesus, people are supposed to notice something different about us as well. And I love what Brother Steve, um, our senior pastor here, says on almost every Sunday. As Christians, we need to be delightfully different. And when we share the gospel from a self-promotion, I don't think you're not able to be delightfully different. But when you let, as Jasmine 
said, when you let the cross outshine you, yeah. when you let the cross shine, you will be delightfully different. And those people, when you walk away from a gospel conversation, they shouldn't remember your name, honestly. You should use the name of Jesus so much. If somebody were to come up to them afterwards and say, hey, who just talked to you? Be like, I don't know, but I learned about Jesus. And yeah. Jasmine shared this with me earlier um, when we were prepping. She said, the spirit that they carry is one of true love that comes from the Lord through the person witnessing who's sharing the gospel into the individual being witnessed to. And I mean, I just, that was encouraging to me and challenged me earlier today. So thank you, Jasmine. Absolutely. And so Dakota, going along that same track, let's look at, let's look at verses 18 and 19 here. Look at where Paul shifts and transitions to here. Paul says, what does it matter? <laughs> That's a very Paul question to ask. What does it matter? As long as it's about Jesus, what does it matter? It don't matter. What does it matter? Only that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed. And in this, I rejoice. <laughs> Paul says, yes, and I will continue to rejoice. He clarifies that he's going to rejoice and he's going to continue to rejoice. You ever have to clarify yourself to somebody? Paul's saying, hey, I'm going to rejoice. Let me tell you something. I'm going to continue to rejoice. In other words, Paul said, there's no circumstance you could throw at me that's going to stop my rejoicing. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Jeez, Paul's getting on it. I will continue to rejoice because... I know this will lead to my salvation through your prayers and help from the spirit of Jesus Christ. So, Cody, what do you see Paul saying here? There's a lot he's got going on. What do you see him saying here? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Paul is coming to an end with this section of verses that we're studying by explaining. He's going to rejoice or celebrate no matter his situation or circumstances because Christ is being proclaimed. Yeah. And that was the most important thing to Paul, even when he was in prison, as Jacob referred to. As long as Christ was being proclaimed, it didn't matter what was going on in Paul's life. He was able to celebrate other people. He was able to celebrate that because people were hearing the name of Jesus and their lives were being changed. And, you know, Daniel, as you read verse 18, what does it matter? You know, I love that question as well um, because it just... It just shows you that it didn't matter to Paul as yeah. long as Jesus was being proclaimed. He was celebrating. And um, I cross-referenced 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 4 through 5. And this is Paul in Thessalonica, but he's writing about his time in Philippi. It says, instead, just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please people, but rather God who examines our hearts. For we never use flattering speech, as you know, or had greedy motives. God is our witness. You know, as I was studying and as I was prepping, you know, I looked back to verse 15, and Paul uses the word rivalry. You know, we all, you know, I was talking to some guys uh, before this started. We were talking about high school football, Arlington and Bartlett, the big rivalry of uh, Shelby County. Yeah. And um, we know what that word is. And some people of Philippi, they saw Paul as a threat. You know, when they saw Paul sharing the gospel and sharing Jesus with people, they were like, oh, he's doing it better than me. So that's what led them to share it out of envy and out of self-promotion. Yeah. And, you know, like we talked about last week, you know, I love last week. Last week was so challenging and convicting, you know, because we talked about celebrating others versus comparison. And Paul had this attitude of he was in prison. He did not care that these people were trying to share and be better than him. He just wanted them to share Jesus because yep. Paul, he had a spirit of celebration yep. and not competition. And, you know, it makes me th think back to campus ministry. You know, our favorite times on Mondays is going to Southwest, Memphis, CBU, mm -hmm. and sharing Jesus with people on campus. And, you know, and I think our students do an excellent job of this because uh, we always go and share the gospel in twos and groups and partners. And, you know, I, I never saw 
saw somebody competing with somebody, yeah. you know, trying to outdo somebody. Because here's the thing. When you're sharing the gospel and you try to one-up somebody all the time, you're miss, you will miss the whole point of sharing the gospel. And that will literally rob you of the joy of sharing the gospel. But when you compliment each other, I love what Daniel said last week. You know, Paul didn't see people as competition in ministry. He saw people as compliments to his ministry. And I think our students do a yeah. great job of that on campus when sharing the gospel because they would come back to the tent. Oh, I just I loved hearing stories of Zach or Aliana or different people saying, I just shared the gospel. And, like, this is how it went. And other people would celebrate that. And I think that's the biggest thing is celebrating that. Because, again, like I said, once you, once you try to one-up somebody, it will just rob you of your joy and you'll miss the whole point of sharing the gospel. Absolutely. Wow, that's good. Jasmine, you want to add to that? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yep. um, no, I, I'm convicted all over again, and I think that I think it does come down most of the time to, like you said, comparison and envy and everything. I would like to have been taking notes when you said that because it's just so good. But, yeah, and Paul, who better than Paul? And I was really struck by what you said about the fact that he is at the lowest of the low. So to him, like, he has nothing to lose. He's like, look, forget about me. Yeah, I'm in jail. What of it? <laughs> That's yeah. what he starts off by saying. And so the fact that you point that out, like he's doing it from the lowest position that you can get to, and he sold out for that. Um, it led me to Romans 8, which is, I come back to that all the time. It's my favorite chapter. Um, but it says in Romans 8.35, it says, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will trouble or hardship or persecu persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Um, as it is written, for his sake, we face death all day long. We are considered considered as sheep to be slaughtered no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him mm. who loved us mm. so just that's what i hear you saying is that you know it doesn't say that we're not going to experience this kind of thing but he's promised to love us and he's promised to be in us and through us and it seems to me that paul doesn't even he doesn't seem like he's struggling too much i'm sure it's difficult <laughs> but he's not pretending yeah. like and yeah. to, to be okay um and you really point that out and I'm really thankful so yeah it, it gives me hope for the future knowing that yeah the world will throw things at me but we have this hope um and that's really strong thank you yeah I think Paul's confident and hopeful and I think that's what you see in his letters and I gotta tell you you know rejoicing in trials is a huge part hear me on this it's a huge part of your sanctification Learning how to rejoice in all circumstances. In fact, when you look at James, when you look at the verses that Dakota referenced from James, James 2 to 4 literally says this. This won't be on the screen. Just listen. He says, and a lot of you know this, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces, watch, endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Literally, your maturity your sanctification process, your process of becoming more like Jesus comes through learning how to rejoice in trials. How do we know that? We look at Jesus. Jesus was on this earth and died for the sins of the world and rejoiced because he could do it for us. That's amazing. And so when we rejoice, even when our circumstances don't say we should, we don't look like the world. We look like Jesus. We look like the Messiah. Hey, I'm going to put you all on the spot here with a question that we didn't prep for. But I'm going to put you all on the spot starting with you. I want you to really quick, just for a couple, just for one or two minutes, tell us a spiritual discipline in your life that has impacted your ministry and your ability to rejoice. Some spiritual discipline that has deeply affected your soul that you would encourage our college students to say, hey, if you can hone in on this and do this, it will help you in rejoicing. It will help you in growing to become more like Jesus. Let me start with you, Jacob. Yeah, I would just say the number one spiritual discipline that 
um, really has impacted my life, and I'm not always perfect at it. It is my prayer life. Yeah. Um, it, it, is, it is one of the coolest things to, after reading the Word, or even before reading the Word, um, having the Lord illuminate a truth to you, um, but then just falling and literally getting in a posture on your face before yeah. the Lord and just saying, Lord, I, I submit to you fully. I submit yeah. everything to you fully. Um, my, my prayer life would probably be that for me, just because even whenever I learn how to pray scripture, and you guys have even helped me a lot, this team has helped me a lot with journaling my prayers, and, mm-hmm. and, and you guys have encouraged me to even do that. I've, I've been able to go back and see, okay, I prayed this and on this day, and um, it, it, has, it has helped me tremendously just to be closer to the Lord and feel like I'm more in submission to Him. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, not always the easiest thing, because, I mean, as a college student, you're just you're running around, you, you get, you're busy, um, but just to make that time, make yeah. that time to actually spend with the Lord in prayer, that'd be my number one. Listen, prayer is hard for college students. Prayer is so hard. You know why prayer is hard for college students? Because you have to stop. <laughs> you have to slow down. You have to sit. College students, like Hannah Taylor said, we want to be on 10 for everything. We want to be going and going and going and going, and we want to be around people. We got FOMO. We don't want to miss out on this. We don't want to miss out on that. And prayer means you have to literally stop and talk to God. Prayer, takes one, prayer is one of the things that takes the most faith because you're talking to someone that you can't physically see. That's why we talk to people in our life more than we talk to God because it's easier. We can see them. But prayer takes faith. As a college student, the quarantine has probably made you slow down a little bit. What I would challenge you is when you come out of this quarantine and you go back to normal life, how do you still have a prayer life that is balanced and that is devoted to the Lord? How do you carve out time to where you know when you're praying? Because a lot of us on our phones, we, we get the word in, we do a little devo, we go through our phone, but we miss prayer. And we're missing talking to our Father. I love that, Jacob. It's so hard for college. Listen, prayer is hard for college students. But it can drastically change your whole college experience. <laughs> Jasmine, what about you? Yeah, just to that point real quick. Oh, man, that's huge. That's huge. And I will say just a little note of encouragement, um, just that once you do start praying, the hardest part is setting aside that time. But the beauty of it is, yes, it takes faith to speak with someone that you can't physically see, but he will not let you talk for very long before he answers and he starts talking. It becomes the most fulfilling, beautiful thing. He doesn't leave you high and dry. So make that time, but you will be the one receiving and getting blessed. You are not pouring out. He's pouring in. Um, So that's what I've learned the hard way. Um, Mm -hmm. But for my, I don't know if this is a straight up discipline, but to me, it's become a discipline and it's, it's centered on praying. Um, But for me, and I've actually said this to some of my leaders um, just recently, it's praying to see other people genuinely the way other, the way the Lord sees them, um, and not for myself, but yep. because I know that I'm no good to them if I don't have a correct view of who they are. Yep. Um, and so it, it led me to be like, okay, Lord, like if you like you are an answerer of prayers, and so like I know if I pray this, you can do this. And I'm just saying. I don't even know anything about this person. I want to know what you think of mm-hmm. them. Um, and I think that changes everything because it helps with the pro- my pride. It helps with the selfishness. Yeah. Um, and I know that in Matthew, it talks about um, the way that the Lord, um, the way that the Father sees Jesus mm-hmm. um, as, as someone that he is pleased with. Um, and I did. I said this earlier. But if, if I can hear my Father, God, standing next to me, telling me about someone that is around me, saying this is someone I'm pleased with, like, that really checks my heart yeah. because who am I like that? Just that ends any type of preconceived notion that I may have about that person. It helps me to love people better. So yeah, praying with a heart and an intent 
to see people the way the Lord sees them mm-hmm. as beautiful. Absolutely, because we can never love people the way Jesus loved people never. until we see people the way Jesus right. saw people. Right. Absolutely. That's good. That's great. Cody? Um, for me, I would say the spiritual discipline that I've clinged to the most and I've tried, just been challenged to get better at the most yeah. is scripture memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been challenged. I remember, I remember first moving into the view, um, working out with Zach Paul, and we were at the gym, and he gave me a list of scripture. To, he said, hey, Dakota, you need to memorize this, and here's why. And it was the gospel in scripture. And um, as I memorized more and more scripture, as I began to share the gospel on campus in the classroom at work when I worked at Texas Roadhouse, um, I got to literally pull scripture from my heart because I love, I love what um, somebody used to say. You know, just like a tattoo, you know, I have tattoos. That's how you need to treat scripture memory, tattoo it to your heart so it's there permanently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like James 1 says, you know, that you read it off, Daniel, um, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. As you memorize more and more scripture, when those temptations and those struggles come up, you're able to combat the battles with scripture. You know, I love what Hannah Taylor said earlier, you know, we spend so much time on Netflix, on Instagram, on this and that. But if we spent more time memorizing scripture or in prayer, in the Bible, we would win so many more, so many more battles that we are losing. Yeah. And I just think of, and then that translates into my prayer life as I get to pray scripture over my friends, over my family. And, you know, it's just, I've been really challenged by that. And even I was with Corey O'Hara a few weekends ago, and he's like, all right, Dakota, help me with my scripture memory. And he pulls out just an accordion of scripture memories, and he starts quoting it. And I was just like, like, man, I, I will I want to be like that because that's like Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I got to tell you, all this is really, really good stuff, but it doesn't matter if you don't know the Lord. You know, it doesn't matter if, if you don't know Jesus Christ. And I was 21 years old when I realized that I needed a Savior. And I don't know if you've come to that point in your life. I don't know where you are out there. But let me tell you something. It's about a relationship. It's not about a religion. All the spiritual disciplines in the world, the scripture memory and Bible reading and prayer, if it's all just a routine and not leading us towards a relationship, then we're missing the point. And I know that there's some of you out there who you feel so far from God. You feel so far from your purpose. You feel so far from what you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do in this life. Everything that we do at The View is about Jesus. And I got to tell you, the best decision that I made in my life and the best decision that they made in their life was repenting of their sins and giving their life to Jesus Christ. It's the best decision you can make. I got to ask you a question, though. When will you stop running? (laughs) When will you stop hiding from the Lord? Because you know he's calling. We all know when God comes looking for us because it's like, (laughs) I mean, he's right there like, hello, (laughs) waiting for you. He led you to tonight. He led you to watching tonight so that you could hear the truth of the gospel. Your whole life you thought it was all about a religion. I just go to church. I just wear the right clothes. I just go through the motions. If I sing these songs and have perfect attendance, I get to go to heaven. Nope, 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 nope. You can have perfect attendance and wear a suit and tie every day of your life and still die and go to hell. Do you know that? (laughs) That's scary. But what you can have is faith in Jesus Christ that he died for your sins and you go to heaven. But even more than that, you get to experience heaven on this earth because when you come to know Jesus, Jesus' spirit comes down from heaven to earth to live in you. Isn't that amazing? But when will you stop hiding like I was at 21? When will you stop running? Because Jesus is telling you, hey, I died for your sins. 
The wages of sin is death. You should have died for your sins. I should have died for my sins. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. He took your penalty. He took your penalty for sin so that you don't have to live under the power of sin. (laughs) But you got to come to him. You got to say, Jesus, I repent. God, I repent of my sins. I don't want to live this life no more. I want to turn. I want to turn from these things I'm doing because when we're in sin, nobody's happy about it. It, it, it's all a momentary pleasure that always fades away and leads to shame. That's all sin is. It's all Satan trying to get you to meet a good need in a bad way. God says you have what you need. He lived this earth. Jesus lived on this earth. He died for your sins. But it doesn't end there because there's been plenty of great men and women who died for great causes. It doesn't end there because the greatest truth of Christianity that you probably have heard before, maybe you haven't, is that Jesus literally rose from the grave again. You know, that's amazing that 2,000 years later, we're still talking about the resurrection of Christ. That's amazing. Like if I walked in and said, guys, I just died and resurrected, nobody would believe it. Nobody would believe that. But we have people whose lives are radically changed because of believing in Jesus Christ. He was sinless. The only one in all of human history who is fully God and fully man and could take on your sin and then resurrect from the grave again. You say, Daniel, that's a great truth. What do I do with it? The Bible says if you repent of your sins, if you confess Jesus as your Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I realize that, as many of you know what I'm about to say, at a public part, 21 years old, broken and defeated, I realized that I could have that hope. And in tears, I gave my life to Jesus. I said, Jesus, it's all yours. I I don't need any more. I'm a blank check. What if you did that tonight? How different would your life be? I can guarantee you it would be the greatest decision of your life. Listen, if you're out there and you want to give your life to Jesus right now, just as we have had people over the last few weeks who have given their life to Jesus because of this conversation right here, I want to lead you in a prayer. Right now. Now, you can say these words. If you don't mean them, it don't mean nothing. You're just going through a poem. (laughs) But if you say this and you mean it in your heart, you enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Pray something like, dear God, thank you. Thank you for creating me. Thank you for knowing how many hairs are on my head. (laughs) Thank you for listening to every thought and word I've ever said. Thank you for loving me. God, I have sinned. I have broken your law. I have done wrong. I bring these sins before you. I don't just tell you about them, I give them to you. I repent of my sin. I believe that Jesus is Lord of all. And I believe that he resurrected from the dead. Save me, Jesus. Save me. Thank you, God.